Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Genesis chapter 50. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. This is God's word. There is indeed a battle, a war even, going on among us today. And we as the church would do well to identify what that war, what that battle is in which we are engaged. Because we find ourselves at odds with a world whose values seem different than our own. And of course, the church does need to remember that our enemy is not the person who has different beliefs about Christ than me, the person who has different beliefs about our nation than me, the person who has different beliefs on marriage than me. The enemy of God's people is, of course, the devil, Satan. What's the battleground? Where is it that we are doing battle against the devil and all his evil might? I'd be tempted to think that it's happening in state legislatures and the U.S. Congress or in courtrooms or that it's happening in churches or that it's happening in communities or that it's happening in schools and school board meetings. But those are all auxiliary places where we see the battle spill over. Where Satan is doing battle with you and with me is in the conscience. Know that word, because that is a very important biblical word. One that St. Paul, the apostle, uses over and over and over in his writings. Now, we know that word conscience, probably most of us, from the Disney movie Pinocchio, right? It was Jiminy Cricket who was Pinocchio's conscience. Let your conscience be your guide, Jiminy Cricket would sing. In other words, we think of conscience as that little voice inside your head that leads you to do good things instead of bad. But that's not quite how the Bible speaks of conscience. Biblically speaking, your conscience has to do with how you stand Before God. And your conscience can either be good or bad. Is how Paul would describe it. Or in how we might think of it. You can either have a clear conscience. Or a guilty conscience. 
But it all has to do with how you stand before your God, your maker, your creator, the one who calls you his child. That's the battleground that Satan is fighting on. And if we are going to do battle against Satan or understand how the battle is won, we have to know where it takes place. In the Old Testament reading, the brothers of Joseph suffer from a bad conscience. They do not trust that they have a good standing before their brother Joseph. Now, do you remember how horrible Joseph's brothers were? Do you remember what they did to him? Joseph was 11th out of the 12 sons of Jacob, Israel, right? He's the one with the coat of many colors. He's also the one of whom his 10 older brothers were deathly jealous. They were willing almost to put him to death. But for one brave brother, Reuben, who stepped up and said, no, let us not do this. Let's just sell him into slavery. Or let's just leave him in the pit. Actually, it was Reuben who wanted to go back and rescue him later. The point was that 10 brothers of Joseph were almost at the point of putting to death their brother. Instead, they sold him into slavery. And when they were reunited many, many years later, and their family was brought back together, Joseph forgave them. He told them, I am Joseph, your brother, the one you sold into slavery, and here I am. And he fed them in a time of drought because he was second in command to Pharaoh. He was reunited with his father, who loved him dearly, and they lived together as family there in Egypt. But now that Jacob the father is dead, the brothers of Joseph, they're not confident that Joseph will still love them, that Joseph will still have a forgiving heart toward them. So they approach him, offering to be his servant, saying, oh, your father said, please forgive your brothers. Whether he actually did or not, we don't know. But what the brothers of Joseph have is a bad conscience. Satan has misled them into not trusting the goodness and love of their brother who forgave them and their God who restored them. That's the battle. That is the war. That, dear friends in Jesus, is what Satan wants to take away from you. Your good standing before God that is made possible by the blood of Jesus Christ your Lord. He wants to do one of two things. He either wants you to look at your sins and say, well, those aren't sins after all. Or he wants you to look at God's forgiveness and say, that possibly cannot be for me. That cannot possibly be mine. There is no way God for, could forgive me. Either I don't need to be given for this because I'm justified in it, 
Or I cannot be forgiven because my sin is so great. And he is mighty successful at it, isn't he? We talked a little bit last week in defining what love was. About the need to stick to God's definition of love. So that we do not fall into calling things that are sin good. But the other swing of the pendulum is that which Joseph's brothers experienced. They were trapped in their guilt. Trapped in their sin. Keeping it held against them. Guilt can be a mighty, powerful player. Perhaps some of you have had that moment where you've held on to sin. You felt it could be a youthful indiscretion or transgression that you still feel shame over years later. It could be an infidelity in which you are caught up in at this moment. Whatever it is, Satan loves to take your guilt and hold it before your face. To leave you thinking that you cannot stand before God. Sin, of course, is evil. It is also evil to hold on to sin that has been forgiven. It is also evil to fail to forgive a sin which God has forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Joseph, in his wisdom, understood that God is merciful. And because God is merciful, he could therefore be merciful as well to his brothers. He says to them, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive. Despite all the evil, all the wickedness, all the horrible things that Joseph had experienced in his life, he was able to look back on it all and see how the God of mercy had accomplished great blessings, good things. That it was a fine line that runs between evil and good. But that God in his power, when all things seem evil, could still accomplish good. You may have found those moments in your own life. You no doubt have encountered moments where all you see is evil. Whether it's the evil in the world around you. Or the evil that resides within your own heart. Your own guilt. Your own shame. Your own bad conscience. Even when all we see is evil. Still God is merciful. Still God is good. Still God says to sinners. You are forgiven 
and your conscience is clear, you can stand before me as my dear, beloved, redeemed child. My son Jesus has shed his blood for you. Your guilt is taken away. Your shame is removed. You are mine. Stand and know the love I have for you. Dearest friends in Jesus Christ, do not for a second lose your hope in this world. Do not lose hope in the face of whatever evil you have confronted within your own heart. Because the blood of Jesus Christ takes away all sin. His death, his resurrection is what crushes the head of the evil serpent, Satan himself. That fine line that runs between what is evil and what is good is the blood of Jesus Christ. Where we know that when our eyes and ears and hearts tell us otherwise, He remains the good and gracious Lord who does good things for His dear children. In our gospel this morning, Jesus gives us famous words, but often twisted words. He tells us, be merciful even as your Father is merciful. And then he tells us, judge not and you will not be judged. We often hear this twisted to mean that we as the church can never Speak against sin. That we can't call evil for what it is. And yet Jesus tells us not to judge. Not because we are not to call sin, sin. But we are not to pronounce the judgment. That is not for us. We are told by Jesus to forgive and you will be forgiven. Being told to forgive presumes that we must call sin what it is if there is sin that is to be forgiven. What Jesus does reveal in these words is how mercy, compassion, and forgiveness are at the heart of who he is and who the Father is and what they do. God desires the forgiveness of the sinner. Every single one of them. God desires that sin would be called sin, and then the blood of Jesus Christ would be poured upon every sinner, as indeed it was when our Lord Jesus died, and that we would find our trust, our hope, our consciences cleared in the blood of Christ our Lord. Evil loses. Sin 
has lost, for Christ has said, it is finished. When all you see is evil, when all you find within you is wickedness, go to the one who never fails to love you and cleanse you of your guilt, your bad conscience, the one who always wins the war. In fact, it has been won already. God grant us hope and confidence and a willingness to go forth. I, can you fathom what we can do as the church, what we can be as the church in our world today, going forth with the boldness that our guilt is taken away. That no matter what shame the world tries to put upon us, we know it's all paid for in the blood of Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.